0: All right, welcome to another edition of the IDP Plus podcast. Uh, we are very happy to be with you once again here. It is myself, Steve Thompson, Dicey Santa, joined by Matt Record. Matt, how are you doing?
1: Howdy ho, doing great
0: as always. How are you? Excellent, doing good. Um, I think we just bonded here pre-show over our cat talk. So uh, for for the audience in the comments, if you'd like to guess uh, the number of cats that both between both Matt and I that are living in our houses currently, we would love to take your guesses and possibly give the closest person a free IDP draft kit that will be coming up here very shortly brought to you by you right.
1: guys well, what do you think about that Matt you're dang right I love that deal uh only if you subscribe to the YouTube channel as well uh yes. but yeah close closest to wins we don't have any half cats it is a whole number yeah uh so Price is right rules prices right
0: without going over exactly but yeah first one to get it right you're so yeah sure. if you're out, you're out there listening uh, and you wanna take a guess here, comment uh either on the podcast feed or preferably on YouTube, uh, throw us a subscription. Uh Twitter works as well, uh over at, at IDP guys. And yeah, we'll we'll give uh we'll give the closest person in our um an edition of our IDP draft kit. So look out for that. We are gonna be working very hard on that upcoming. But uh, tonight, we are bringing you our IDP rookies, our favorites, and our fades. So guys sure. that we like and guys that we don't like so much, uh, rookie IDP players. So we are going to start right off, and we're going to go with Matt. Uh, totally hates this guy, right? Yep. Um, yep. Now it happens to be just the first man up. Uh, it's Klygia Cansey from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defensive tackle. So Matt, why don't you tell us about uh, why you are – uh, in love. I'm sorry. This is a favorite. So why you are in love with Elijah? Yeah,
1: Kansi. this is a straight fave hey, I thought you were being sarcastic. <laughs> this guy. Uh, no, I love Elijah Kansas and his landing spot there on the Buccaneers. uh A lot of you know the the rookie rookie stuff is a lot of projections, right, and landing spots. Um, and we're we're gonna be flirting around with both the dynasty and the redraft format, I believe, and sort of are rationalizations for why we like or we don't like people so can on the Buccaneers he only has some of the greatest uh defensive linemen to ever do the game to sort of learn from uh there on that Buccaneers defense uh we know the Buccaneers uh on offense uh with the retirement of you know former uh former Patriot goat Tom Brady uh I am expecting that offense to take a huge step back so I think the Buccaneers are going to spend a lot of time on defense So I think the number of sta- snaps at least in his rookie year for Kansy, uh, might be higher than we might think uh, we know the defensive line is hard for rookies to get playing time and takes time to mature uh, that body but you look at the people on the the Bucks defense like Vita Veya is not getting any younger um uh is Joseph Tryon still on there
0: yeah he's still hanging around I think he's approaching. Yeah, his so th- there's going to be
1: opportunity deal. Mm. Gotcha. There's going to be uh, opportunities uh, galore. I mean, they they got Greg Gaines from the from the Rams, but he's sort of a, a consummate journeyman uh, as right. well. But you know the 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 draft capital that they spent on Cansey. We love some tangibles uh He's maybe a little undersized, but I think that's going to actually work on this defense and. When the defense has a really nice secondary, which they still do, and a really solid linebacker core, uh, that mm. gives the people like Kansi, who can get after the quarterback, opportunities to to get those sort of splash plays. So, uh, it's not taking a whole lot of draft capital
0: to get him presently. So, I I'm all in. That's what I was gonna say. I think people are kind of. I even before I looked it up tonight, um, I kinda, I thought he was like a second rounder, and. I looked back and he's a first rounder. So, uh, what was it? The 19th picks, I believe. Yeah. Um, Yeah. He's up there. So, um, now (laughs) people, he's a, he, his college was Pittsburgh, right? So the lazy comparisons were to Aaron Donald. Um, that seems a little lofty Aaron Donald was also not a first round draft pick. If you remember, I believe he was third round. So I, I think that's a sort of lazy comparison just, uh, Scouting the helmet there a little bit. I mean, he he is uh, incredibly athletic. Um, he he scored a nine point six Ras score out of ten, which is relative athletic score. Um, just taking in all of his combine um, measurements and production there. So he you know at, you want athletes there on the defensive line, right? Um, the other thing, fantasy wise, is that yeah, he's he's basically free in rookie drafts. In startup drafts, I mean, if you're now, of course, in a DT require league, so if you're playing on MFL, maybe he's a little bit more on people's radars. You have probably some more in-depth people playing on there, but um, on a sleeper, I mean, he's a nice, like, last round, take a flyer. Um, Logan Hall, I know, is still there, but he's been pretty disappointing so far. I believe he's two seasons in. You mentioned Joe Tryon-Sharinka. He's not done a whole lot yet. He's more of an edge guy. So, I mean, there's plenty of opportunity for Kansi, like you mentioned. So, I agree. I think he's uh, a really nice player to um, have as a favorite. And, like we said, he he is basically free right now in uh, – IDP fantasy draft. So um, love that. So now we're going to officially transition to a, to hater aid mode. Mm-hmm. I apologize. I thought we were starting with our fades, but I was totally mistaken. So now we're going to go and switch it up and get negative here. And we're going to yeah. uh, fade, be fading Jalen Carter from the Philadelphia Eagles at the defensive tackle position. Tell us all about why. So it,
1: you're going to find a lot of what we're talking about here is all about relative to where, where you're going to get him. So the, the the draft capital is going to take to get Jalen Carter. Obviously, uh, Carter fell down the draft board a little bit based on some off-the-field issues. That sort of happened relatively close to uh, the draft. Uh, but it, the, And I this is one that might come back to bite me because of how successful the Eagles defensive line was last year. I just see that defensive line and say, there's a lot of freaking mouths to feed. And especially at that defensive tackle you know, position, like lest we forget they had Jordan Davis, which they spent a, a good amount of draft capital on last year. They still got Fletcher Cox. Uh, I'm high enough on Milton Williams to think that he's still going to see the field. Uh, I know Jalen Carter costs a lot of money, but there, there are enough options on that defensive line that the Eagles can, and rightfully so, give Carter just a bunch of time to sort of figure it out. Uh, those are the types of assets in these rookie drafts that uh, I'm looking at my teams and do I want an instant impact starter or do I want someone uh, that I can sit on a taxi squad or practice squad for, for a while. So I compare, you know, Klaja and Jalen Carter and think Klaja right. uh, Cansey has a more immediate uh more immediate opportunity to see the field and be productive from an IDP standpoint versus like Jalen Carter. Like I would completely avoid him in redraft. Like he's not even worth a flyer. Yeah. I don't think he's going to see the field. I think they're going the Eagles and they proved it with Nicobe Dean last year, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously a little bit of a different sort of draft capital in terms of the real NFL that it took for the Eagles to get Carter versus Nicobe Dean, who I think went in the third round. Yeah. But it's a similar story. It's like it's a, mm-hmm. a, a it's a great real life NFL problem to have where the eagles are stacked on defense and they already have their sort of next guys ready to come up exactly amazing but from an idp perspective there's enough question marks there uh Uh, both off the field issues and with people that are already on the roster that i am going to let someone else uh take Jalen carter probably higher than i would want to take him in the first place and have them figure out when he's actually going to be worthwhile
0: Excellent. Um, I'm just going to flick. So my first fade, I'm s- sort of on the opposite end. Oh, uh, no. As just fade versus fade. So this is our first bashing heads. However, everything you outline there is totally on the money, um, especially from a fantasy standpoint. I am seeing Jalen Carter go ridiculously early because he's got the name value, and that is something you have to be careful of and maybe don't fall for the trap, both rookie drafts. Um, re leagues, he, that he's carrying that name value. You know, he was talked about as being a potential number one overall pick in this draft this year That's until right. the the legal issues came about. So I get that. Um, uh, everything you said totally makes sense. Um, and I'm kind of on the fence. I'm, I'm sort of doing team bias here. I am a Philly guy. Um, so Jalen Carter is sort of, you know, getting to bias from me there, but, uh, it's tough because. With those legal issues, right? Um, I heard a great breakdown that listen, out of any team, the Philadelphia. If he's gonna, if he's not gonna, not mess up and 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 make it, it's gonna be with the Eagles, right? He's got all those Georgia guys there. He's literally Jordan Davis was like his mentor uh, apparently in uh, Georgia during their college playing days. Uh, yes, he was a year ahead of him, so if he's going to keep his head screwed on straight, it's going to be thanks to the Eagles and thanks to guys like Jordan Davis. So I'm betting on that and and hoping that he doesn't have continued troubles or issues. Now, totally agree with you that year one could be a little rough. Uh, we saw with Jordan Davis, right? Uh, he had, you know, Jalen Carter was ninth pick Jordan Davis was 18th pick the year before pretty much in the same realm there. And Jordan Davis like didn't see the field. Now that was because Javon Hargrave was there. Um, and Fletcher Cox was there, still is there. That's another guy to be, uh, that's going to be rotating on that interior. You mentioned Melvin Williams. So, yes, yeah, so there's a large grouping there, and maybe they push Jordan Davis to get uh, more snaps this year and kind of have Carter waiting in the way. So, year one could be really tough. Um, we saw Javon Hargrave have an incredible year and the Eagles as a whole, right on that defensive line, near historic uh, sack totals on, on that front four. Is can you bet on historic numbers again I, probably not that's probably not a good bet right so although he's a fa- he's a faith for me more in the long-term dynasty uh outlook that if they can keep some of those core guys there bill and grow together i think he could develop into a, t- a complete monster but with the prices i'm seeing that is a little hard to swallow right now so uh, maybe we'll see how minicamp goes if there are reports that come out that, yeah, we're probably going to take like a red shirt type approach with him. You'll get a much better value on Jalen Carter. And that's where he really becomes a favorite for me. So well,
1: that's just because yeah, I'm uh, looking at the stats. So Jordan Davis played uh, 26% uh, yeah. uh, of snaps last year, which again, yeah. is nothing. And and I, I like to think in terms of what's most likely to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, is it likely that the Eagles have record setting sacks yeah. again? Right. i don't think that's likely they can still fall back to earth and still be a very good defensive line from an idp perspective right. but you know you remove some sacks and that limits people's upside then what's more likely to happen are they going to throw Jalen carter right into the weeds or someone that they uh spent again the eight, you said 18 pick? I'll, I'll take your word for it being the eagles <laughs> yeah. name, uh who was also a freaking monster in college right like what's more likely uh-huh. to happen they'll be they'll utilize the people because the eagles are in win now yeah. mode right like there's not yeah like if anything it would be a rotation to limit snaps mm-hmm. to limit upside so I think we can both be right which is the glory of the, the exactly. fantasy space but it's all <laughs> within the context of the argument you're trying to make yeah. I don't love Carter right off the bat I usually like more of the upside yeah. people that I can get for cheaper versus right. you know two or three years he will very well be very well might be a fantasy asset that you would have wanted to have gotten right off the bat but based on the ADP that I'm seeing is like I will take the the later on Flyers uh and the the, the bigger the bodies and like you know the the veteran drafts than than investing in
0: in him 100 percent, yeah I mean if we're gonna do Aaron Donald comparisons um I think Jalen Carter deserves it probably a lot more than just Collage of see just because they went to the same school. So,
1: oh, 100%. <laughs> now, it's one of those things where it's all league dependent, which it always is. If you say every week, like if it's straight dynasty and you get Jalen Carter for the entirety of his career, like, yeah, I'd probably take him over Cansey. Uh, but many of the leagues that I'm in, which is why I'm biased, it's it's shorter term contracts, right? So, you're looking for more instant, uh, more instant, uh, you know, a- asset worthy stuff. So, so yeah, I'll let you have Jalen Carter and I'll be uh, happy.
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll come back and revisit this one in a couple of years, right? <laughs> and, uh all right, now on to my hater aid. Uh, staying within the division with the lovely Dallas Cowgirls and their first round defensive tackle, uh Maisie Smith. But again, you're not you're not biased though. Right? No, you're what not do you biased. mean? You you don't you don't play fantasy football with any sort of team bias, right? <laughs> So uh yeah, this this pick, I think this pick uh from even just a even a real football standpoint left a lot of uh talking heads and analysts kind of scratching their heads um with the Cowboys making this pick. Um I think they felt like there was there were some needs elsewhere. Uh, it was a late first rounder, so I get it like uh, you know, build through the trenches. That's that's what the Eagles have been doing for, for quite some time. Um, they're just all SEC, Georgia, Alabama might be a little bit uh, smarter of a, a way to do that. But I digress. Um, this just feels like kind of a, a, a plug the middle type guy that, especially in fantasy, isn't is going to do a whole heck of a lot. I mean, we talked about Philly rotating the defensive line. I mean, Dallas does, does it just the same. If not, they have even more uh, players to be doing that with. Um, OCO Digizua, I believe I nailed that is a, is a, a nice sleeper that I'm actually, uh, liking, uh, on the Cowboys at defensive tackle this year, much more over a guy like Maisie Smith, but you might see Smith going earlier because first round draft capital, new shiny toy that we haven't seen. So, um, with all that in encompass, in I mean, I, I don't even want him in a seven round rookie draft. Uh, I, you know with mixed with offense maybe even if it was just idp i might not be finding myself uh taking taking a shot on this guy so uh yeah it just kind of feels like a a nothing burger from both a real football and especially a fantasy standpoint i don't know if you have a lot of thoughts on this guy <laughs> no
1: i think i think you nailed it like i am a big uh osa fan i'm not even gonna try to say the last the last name there I, uh, think I, I think I remember that, it
0: just from the broadcast. They, oh, Dickie Zula, like, I'm pretty yeah. sure that's it. That stuck with me. <laughs> yeah, I
1: just look for, I look for the upside in terms of number, especially at the defensive tackle position, right? Like, can they generate enough pressure to get sacks uh, and or can they get any tackles, right? Which sounds very basic, but in order to get those things, you need to be on the field, first of all, uh, and then teams need to be sort of especially at the defensive tackle position you'll be running a whole bunch against you so things we you know about the cowboys uh for for better or for worse if you're an eagles fan that we do protect that offense to be pretty decent right like like Dak is a decent enough quarterback we expect him to score a bunch of points uh which typically means that teams playing them are going to have to be passing a whole bunch to put up a lot of points against them uh and you look at these strengths on that cowboys defense which is You know micah park and uh micah parsons sorry uh demarcus lawrence uh you know there's there's a lot of pass rushers that the uh the offensive line already is going to take care of so Mm -hmm. uh you expect them if they run to sort of get to that second level kind of like a lot of those linebackers there to sort of eat up sacks or eat up tackles uh and then you look at the the defensive back situation too and you know i don't like they have some big names there but i think the cowboys are Uh, susceptible to to the pass, so i don't see enough play calls uh you know runs inside so to speak uh that a mozzie smith would generate enough uh enough plays to to really warrant uh being a very high you know defensive tackle uh, on this rookie board i like some of the other guys a little more yeah Totally.
0: Um, we don't have to spend a lot more time. Just, a, just in a I picked him because he was a first rounder and people are going to look at that and maybe reach. And I just want to warn you, don't do that. Uh, you know, maybe long, long term, who knows, but uh, not just not someone I'm very excited about right now. So mm-hmm. um, I'll, how about, um, so we're switching back to your list um, for a fav. Who, Who's your next favorite here?
1: all right it's my time to be biased my team's the Patriots <laughs> yeah. Yeah, looks uh, <laughs> so uh Christian Gonzalez all reports uh out of camp already that he already looks like the number one cornerback on the Patriots wow. uh, defense which you know nice. is, is saying something there are some yeah. there are some names there uh but one name I want to bring up, which conveniently came up, I already had him as one of my favorites. But the recent news about Jack Jones being arrested for mm. trying to smuggle some guns on a plane, apparently, <laughs> like that's even fewer people uh, right. for Gonzalez to have to beat out again. All things <laughs> at a camp are that he's already beating them out. He's going to get that playing time. Um, but I, I look at this Patriots defense, and I might be biased, but I I think that it's going to be a very stout very good uh defense sort of across the board um i think uh the i mean the reason why gonzalez is an immediate start in play which i kind of looks like he's going to be a 100 of the snap sort of guy uh Mm -hmm. is because our defensive back situation is not great uh i look (laughs) at similar uh players from previous years uh you know sauce Gardner is a bit of a anomaly that he was very good um but instantly idp relevant you know right off the bat Derek Stingley similar spot uh granted he got hurt uh Trent McDuffie had some good games too I just yeah these rookie cornerbacks when they see the field uh sometimes it takes them a little bit longer to get into their we'll call it ultimate form on there like the ultimate shutdown sort of cornerback that goes from being idp relevant to not because you get to be good enough that people just don't throw the ball at you and then you're not doing anything but <laughs> right. you there's this little gap uh yeah. in the like r- first couple of years where they're still sort of figuring it out uh yeah. and they'll make a, a few enough mistakes that cornerbacks or quarterbacks will take advantage of it and from an idp perspective that's all you need like you right you want be target Exactly. If you're if you're in a cornerback specific league, which is probably the only place you really should be rostering a cornerback based on standard (laughs) scoring uh, across leagues, uh, that's all you need to be relevant right off the bat. So to me, I see Gonzalez as someone who has uh, no real competition to take away snaps from him. Uh, He has that draft pedigree that even Bill Belichick will be putting him out there right off the bat. Mm-hmm. uh and then a team that I think the Patriots defensive line uh and say what you will about the linebackers I think they're good enough that people are going to try to mm-hmm. attack them through the air especially knowing the Patriots offense probably won't be that great so they try to get points up right off the bat and then you build a 14 point lead quick there's no way the Patriots sort of come back from that mm-hmm. so uh all that being said I I really like Gonzalez's spot there and I think of the rookie cornerbacks he has uh the chance to
0: put up some some really nice numbers right off the bat absolutely yeah the only thing I have to add uh he's a 9.95 brass score uh which is <laughs> he did, it only goes to 10 so that's pretty crazy for a corner um a lot of speed a lot of athleticism so that bodes well for him for long term in the future uh that New England cornerback room went from being a little bit crowded to to dust, has kind of settled already, even with uh, Jones' issues. Marcus Jones, you know, kind of a slow burn last year. We saw him get get used all over the field, including on offense. But I feel like he's still not going to be he's not going to be like 100% a hundred percent of defensive snaps guy. Um, whereas Gonzalez and uh, who uh, Jonathan Jones probably is their other primary starter. I would imagine. Yep. Um, yep.
1: He's he's the other guy who who's also has. Well, we're not talking about non rookies, are we? Uh, <laughs> he, he has some upside in the similar spot that, yeah. uh, that you, I I like him. People always forget about those non sexy guys, right? Like the yeah. non splashy rookies, but uh, he puts up perfectly reasonable stats to be yeah. started.
0: So, the NFL allows Bill Belichick to get a, a stud at cornerback. Um, so let's just hope he utilizes him correctly. Fantasy drafts, you know, again, if you're Best ball. uh, I I love taking corners. I I usually I've been doing a lot of fading of defensive backs in general, and then I'll load up on corners because they have those nice spike weeks and Mm -hmm. turnovers and whatnot. So um, he's probably more of a a best ball or a dynasty cornerback specifically. Um, Probably not using a ton of capital, but you know uh he's still got a lot of upside
1: there that depends how deep like we'll start plugging our uh our Masters IDP tournament that Ooh, uh, the yeah. IDP guys run uh and yeah you're starting two cornerbacks uh yeah. every week and you know two cornerbacks in the I think it's 12 teams per like I I do see a world where he is a relevant player at some point in the redraft year
0: so just don't For don't sure. forget about him okay Um, now to your hater aid, um, we've got, we're doing cornerbacks here. Uh, Cam Smith of the Miami Dolphins.
1: Yeah, this is a player that had a lot of hype coming out of college. Uh, people were surprised to see him fall all the way to the end of the second round. I think he was picked 56, uh, and really just looking at the, looking at the, the depth chart there I don't see a whole lot of spots uh for him to get a whole lot of playing time like they still they still have Zavian Howard uh cater Kohu is there uh they went and got Jalen Ramsey as yeah. well like this is a this is an up and rising defense uh sort of led sort of led by that defensive backfield all around they went and got Deshaun Elliott they have Javon Har- Brandon yeah, you Jones. want to talk about
0: messy <laughs> the Dolphins have one of the messiest third levels of the defense of the it's entire insane. league for fantasy. which
1: which kind of like what we were talking about with Jalen Cardell the Eagles yeah. at least my argument for why I was fading him is kind of the same thing I'm looking at it like this is a great this is a great pick for the Dolphins as a franchise like getting mm-hmm. a talent here that you know can sit can learn to get up to the speed of the NFL but for All an Ivy right. Standpoint, I want absolutely nothing to do with this guy. Uh, I don't know what yeah. formats you would even be considering him. Uh, yeah. but I especially at this quarterback position, it seems like it's really the top three, top three or four, and then just let someone else think hopefully you get one of those top four guys. Uh you know and yeah, let someone else deal with it because yeah it is it is messy i'm terrified for the patriots yeah. uh going against this stuff defense i like, looking <laughs> at it, i i hadn't even realized that they had just bulked up on some of these yeah studs like good players uh so yeah I, I i don't want any part of that mess uh let someone else deal with it
0: could be a signal too right of um i mean Ramsey's are likely a one-year rental Xavier howard's getting a little long in the tooth so like if you've got, like, 53-man rosters with taxi squads, you, you could maybe find a case for Cam Smith in, like, the 10th round of a rookie draft or something. Um, I would know the name, though, however, um, because if there is injuries or anything like that, he could be thrust into a a very enticing role um, this year. So definitely remember the name. He does have second-round draft capital. Um you know that Dolphins are probably going to be shootouts a lot, right? With that high-powered offense. So if 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 injuries do happen, to, let's say a Zayvon Howard or Jalen Ramsey or a Caterco, um, you may see Cam Smith uh, be thrust into the field whether they want him to be or not. So do remember the name, but until anything happens uh, to anyone. Definitely a fade makes a lot of sense.
1: (laughs) Yeah. This is, this is one that will be available on the waiver wire. And if something were to come up that he becomes relevant, you can go get him. Then you don't have to spend a draft pick on, on him.
0: Exactly. Keep, keep track with us. We'll be watching the snapcast. We'll be updating you on injuries and we'll let you know when's the right time to go grab Cam Smith. If there is a right time. So (laughs) Uh, we're going to switch over to my cornerback favorite. Uh, I've got Emmanuel Forbes, the Washington commanders. Um, Main reason I like him is Ball Hawk. Uh, I believe he returned like six touchdowns in college. Um, He – let me – sorry, I didn't have my information right. Yes, he was the 16th overall pick for the Commanders out of Mississippi State. Um, And I just think, you know – Bad offense argument again, right? They could be on the field a lot. Uh, might not, you know, I'm a big Sam Howell guy, so when I say bad offense, I say that a little tongue in cheek because I believe I'm a Sam Howell truther. So maybe, maybe they will be in some shootouts this year and he'll uh have a lot of chances for tackles. Now, that defensive back room is a little messy as well. Um, I know they still have Fuller there. Uh, the safeties are uh, they've got um, Curl and forest um yep. but I, I don't think you take a corner um especially when i mean this team again had a lot of needs uh they're 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 not exactly uh strong everywhere um so to take a corner that early and, and invest that in him i think he's seen the field from from day one so uh yeah pretty pretty easy reasoning there i think mean, he's gonna see a ton of snaps Got a nose for the ball. I think he could be targeted a lot. Um, Fuller's kind of a shutdown guy on the other side there. So, um, yeah, I really like Forbes um, in Washington there. So not going to spend a lot of time on CB.
1: <laughs> no, but I will say this. I like that he's, uh, I think, the fourth of those four guys that uh, would be the cornerbacks you would take that could be relevant right off the bat without a, a shocking, like, Tariq Woolen fifth rounder who yeah. you know, skyrockets up. Right, because you have what Devin Witherspoon, Joey Porter Jr., uh, Christian Gonzalez, and I think Forbes. So, uh, if you are in a league where these rookie cornerbacks are relevant, uh, I kind of like the the tact of taking like the best or the worst of the top tier, if that makes sense. Like, let other people go uh, gr- go grab that, grab those other guys. Um, I think Forbes, other than maybe other than maybe Witherspoon uh has just as good of a chance of being relevant as the other ones so let people get yeah. those bigger names uh and then grab Forbes that being said I still love Gonzalez for the reasons that I sort of outlined uh, yeah but I think that there is some benefit to getting the last person
0: in those tiers. absolutely um good transition talking about Tariq Wolland because that brings you to my fade of Devin Witherspoon, the Seattle Seahawks. Yes, he was the first corner taken. It actually went uh, Witherspoon, Forbes, Gonzalez. Forbes and Gonzalez were back-to-back. I'm um, just looking at it here. I did not know that off the top of my head. And then um, before Joey, Joey Porter was the first pick of the second round, and then it was Deontay Banks in the middle of them yep. uh, to the Giants in, like, the 20s. So, um, but, the, yeah, it's a crapshoot between all of them, right? I mean, yeah. Um, they're, they're going to be all fun to watch. I think now Witherspoon, I'm fading just because I don't, especially in year one, um, right. They have, uh, they had some breakout guys. Uh, like you said, you mentioned Tariq one played excellent. They have uh, Kobe Bryant there played really good. So I'm just not, I think it might be a little slow for For Witherspoon and I don't know. I, I just don't I'm just not in love with his, his overall profile. I've, I, I, follow a lot of people, um, that do like film grinding and things like that. And, uh, people that I have been right about lots of other guys in the past who I, who I trust their opinion. So I'm not much of a film grinder, uh, per se myself, especially on cornerbacks. <laughs> um, I, 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 stick more to analytics and whatnot, but, uh, some people that I really respect weren't totally in love with, um, uh, with their spoons tape there. So, um, yeah, that's the main reason I'm fading, uh, just because I think there's guys in front of him right now. It might take him a little while to see the field, again, barring injuries and whatnot. Uh, of course, they're going to, you know, that investing that high of a pick, um, you assume he's going to get out there. But let's pay attention to preseason on him, because if he's not playing well, I, I don't think they're going to just let draft capital decide, you uh, you know what personnel they're going to want out there if uh if he's not actually playing well so um again it's a quarterback uh you know i get and also because of the the name value and the and the pick value he's you know people are are probably going to jump at that. oh he was the fifth pick like that early he's got to be awesome and i just don't think he's as awesome as that uh as that draft capital says he is so
1: yeah there's absolutely no guarantees especially at that cornerback position like it's hard to project even veterans right uh you mm-hmm. take a look at like Jeff Okuda granted he yeah. uh had some injuries <laughs> right which like injuries happen but you know if you example. were just to to go in into a draft like oh yes the draft capital is gonna be a cool. stud. like there's no mm-hmm. guarantees out there mm-hmm. uh and like you said the Seahawks have a bunch of a bunch of really nice bodies uh mm-hmm. they at that cornerback position already so there's a chance that he just sits out and doesn't become IDP relevant right off the bat just for me in my risk-averse ways uh drafting the number one overall person at the position there's only one way for them to go which is sort of down right like the odds that they end up being the number one cornerback uh from yeah. this rookie class uh like i'll let someone else pay for them i think there are more sure bets uh in terms of the of upside
0: uh
1: and you know especially
0: a cornerback on the seahawks yeah totally all right so who we are now moving to the safety position so our first favorite is yours and tell the people uh who you like here
1: I love me some Brian Branch from the Detroit Lions I feel like there's no buzz about this guy and I don't understand it so he was just so Great on that Alabama defense. Yeah. Uh, uh Monster. Sure. Jack of all trades. He does it all. Like he really reminds me of a Jaquan Brisker from last year, where Ooh. it's like, yeah, he's going to get his notoriety There is a place on that Detroit Lions defense for a player like Brian Branson. You can sort of line up anywhere you want to line him up, which from an IDP perspective, like we know safety's uh sort of can do it all from a scoring points for your team perspective right they can rack up those uh those passing statistics you want them to have a nice solid floor and tackles and this is the kind of player right that can that can do it so uh because there's not a whole lot of buzz around him presently i i'm seeing him fall pretty pretty far down there and you look at who's ahead of him on the depth chart I do like Kirby Joseph. Uh, he yeah. he had a pretty good year last year. But like Tracy Walker is just a perennial health risk. Uh, when all he's right. healthy, he's solid. But but again, what you're gonna and, and you know, yeah. What the opportunities are going to be there for Branch to get on the field right off the bat in a spot sure. similar to like a a Jalen Piter of last year, where mm-hmm. it's like, oh, all of a sudden he's leading the team or he's up there in the defense in. Yeah out of nowhere out of nowhere and and we've said it a lot today already but like we expect the Lions to score a lot of points which means we expect the uh team's playing the Lions to throw a bunch and I look at their defensive line and we expect Aiden Hutchinson to make a big step up uh I like what they're sort of doing there like quarterbacks will be forced into some bad throws uh and then who's gonna who's gonna eat it up and you need to be on the field to sort of take advantage of that so Uh, again is sort of for me with uh Brian Branch it's just a matter of he's going to be on the field I think uh he's gonna be a jack ball trades he's gonna get those tackle floors uh plenty of opportunities for the splash plays and really the kicker is is not costing you anything to get him You, you you can just you can just pick him up uh and maybe he goes the route of a you know Daxton Hill uh this year where he he's not on the field, but now projects to be a big role in this upcoming year. Right. Um,
0: be patient. Maybe,
1: yeah. Or maybe it's a fighter and you sort of hit, you hit gold right off the bat. But I do think this is one of those players that is going to hit at some point. So I'm trying yeah. to pick him up wherever I can.
0: Well, there's already reports that, um, there he might be playing some like nickel corner um he could get dual eligibility corner and safety so i i think they're absolutely finding uh ways to get him on the field in year one here so i i dax hill that would be like a worst case scenario but um if it does go that route absolutely be patient and hold on to him um he could be a perfect guy to like throw in uh on trades like bigger trades if you're working some offensive Ah, uh, studs, and he, you know, ah, throw me Brian Branch too, and you know that—that's the kind of thing that I would—I would go for here. Um, so yeah, I, I think he's—he's he's a, a really good player uh, overall. Obviously, I—he—he he was a first safety taken, so this whole class uh, mm-hmm. was kind of um, pretty low. Yeah, not—not not looked upon uh, too favor favorably. Uh, so he went the kind of the middle of the second round there. Um, as the first safety, but um, uh, yeah, outside of him, I, I, there's not there's not many guys that that have a whole lot of draft capital with them. So uh, he's the best of the bunch. I think that's for a reason. So I think I totally agree with uh, with him being as a favorite for you. So um, now we'll swap it. Who's a guy that you are fading at the safety position?
1: Yeah, I'm gonna butcher his name, G.I.U. <laughs> Brown. I think you uh, got it. I think I I think I did something. Uh so uh it's you there's a rhyme and reason for all of my fades uh, and it's usually the the same rationale. Uh, you look at this 49ers defense, right? And there are a lot of really nice bodies uh, in front of him sort of blocking his way sort of onto the field. Uh, Taonoa Noah Hufanga has been a stud. He's going up into his what third year, I think, in the league. So he's still gonna be around for a while. Uh Tashawn Gibson's uh in front of him. Uh just in general, that 49ers defense is just it's one of those feeder systems where uh, they kind of keep finding great people and great assets, and it takes a while yeah. for them to sort of figure it out. So uh Brown, like great player. I think it could take some time for him to become exactly. IDP relevant which is enough for me to fade him let someone else figure it out unless you want to hold that roster spot forever uh I find uh from my experience uh for every Brown that you can wait two or three years on there is someone that comes out of nowhere that you can pick up on the waiver wire that costs you literally nothing uh that offers similar uh, similar sort of upside in any given year so Uh, I guess the one benefit is I think you can get Brown for pretty much nothing. So if you have the spot and you feel confident in the 49ers scheme that he's going to be something in two or three years, great. Uh, But no, thank you for me.
0: Yeah, it's a third round investment, draft capital, which is fine. Uh, We've seen plenty of safeties uh, be successful with that or even later um, draft capital. But, uh, yeah, he he didn't grade out uh, too well as an athlete. Um, Now we did see Kyle Hamilton run a slow 40, and that hasn't really – and he didn't play much in his first year, but he was also a first-rounder. So I just – yeah, a third-round safety um, in a – crowded room already just uh yeah makes sense to kind of not be wanting to do jumping jacks for so um yeah if you got again super deep maybe throw him on a taxi squad but i'd rather use those spaces for offensive guys honestly and um he should probably be available Mm -hmm. waiver
1: waiver wires
0: and probably not worth uh, much of a a pick unless it's very last round in a a really deep league so uh, i like it um all right, we're going to flip to my safety favorite, uh, another third round guy, but we just like, I think both of us like his, uh, his positioning. It is Marty Mapu, the uh, safety from, uh, I believe it was a division or FCS school, um, Sacramento State yes uh, yeah that feels right that feels right the big sky division so this is a big bill belichick pick uh through and through right um uh, mining the <laughs> the non-division one schools for a potential starting safety all the reports out of camp are just glowing about this guy um he, he's he's kind of a, a linebacker safety hybrid which we know bill belichick likes um Cobb duggar is i believe on his last year of his rookie contract could be a direct yep. replacement for him for the future and he could see time on the field this year because we know new england rotates their um their whole, their safety group there too so another guy that could be a a little bit of a slow burn, but we like his upside a lot more just because of the skills and not many people uh, from outside division one get drafted at all. And to have a third round investment in a guy that didn't play D one football. I think that bill Belichick and and his team definitely saw something in this guy. So um, I think that's kind of, we both like again, his, his just uh, his setup there and uh, play being able to, to be sort of a hybrid might earn him more snaps on the field early on. So definitely a name to remember. And, you know, if he's not, if he's still available towards the end of your drafts, uh, this is a guy I would, I would definitely uh, advise to take a, take a shot on and and throw on a taxi squad and definitely watch his snap counts because he could be someone who gives you production early on. So that's Marty Mapu for the new England Patriots. Definitely remember that name.
1: Yeah, for those watching the YouTube, uh, we confirmed one cat. <laughs> at least there's, one. There's, there's at least one cat uh, here, my little, my little baby. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's a lot being said about Mapu right now uh, in the fantasy space, and rightfully so. Uh, so rave reviews. I think the Kyle Duggar comparison is spot on, where uh, Belichick finds these dudes and drafts pretty highly in them uh that can just sort of do it all and you you will see the field uh on in some capacity. And I look at that Patriots defense. I know I said earlier how much I like them. Uh but like Jabril Peppers and Adrian Phillips, they're not getting any older. Uh Jalen Mills is being converted to the safety spot kind of out of just needing of depth there, right? So it, if we're already hearing that Mapu's looking great, um I, I did go back and look at Kyle Duggar's rookie year stats. So 64 combined tackles he did play 14 games uh so you know i think to your point temper expectations that rookie year uh but i think similar to some of these other players uh, that you can sort of grab on the waiver wire uh and be immediately great like caden ellis for example obviously not the same position i know mapu is sort of a linebacker safety uh, you know combined hybrid. player hybrid yeah. dude um but if this opportunity gets into Mapu's hands, I think he could absolutely be a league winner this year. Nice. Uh, but, but at the very least, long term, yeah. like I, I think it's fairly safe because Belichick loves to get these dudes that no one really believes in. Like no one's ever heard of them. And then year two or three, they become the stalwart of the defense. So, uh, yeah, love the pick.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely a guy um, who's got a lot of buzz. If you spend time on IDP Twitter, people all it's all it's all glowing reviews. So maybe you know take that with a grain of salt. But um, I think but it's I I think people are hyping him up because he's more of an unknown. Um, he he had no hype coming out of college, like you said, not a Division one guy, Sacramento State. So I think people are just trying to highlight him because um, he's such a unique sort of case.
1: Well, oh, yeah, and take advantage of that while you still can. Like right. a lot of these people that you know take take uh fantasy analysts and all the hype trains for what they are, right? But there is some validity, validity on getting on people before the general public do. Right. Right. Uh I, I remember last year, yeah, Talanoa Hufanga from the 49ers was having a yeah. big hype train. Uh same thing with uh Cameron Curl, right, from the, right. the Commanders uh i think our, our good friend uh, uh mace was on that one, mm-hmm. one of the first ones on that train which yeah those are the people that can be league winners for you if you get on them before the general public and the adp sort of gets on there so not saying mapu is going to be yeah, that exactly. this year for all the reasons that we said but <laughs> you know if there is smoke there's often fire
0: there you go beautiful which brings me to a guy that I'm fading. He has a little bit of hype coming out. I think people definitely projected him to go a lot sooner than the fifth round that he slid to and probably ahead of a guy like Marty Mapu. I don't think a lot of people had uh, uh, Antonio Johnson, the safety for the Jacksonville Jaguars, going after a guy like Marty Mapu. So uh, That's the primary reason. Uh, he feels like kind of just a, just a guy. Uh, we, we often apply that to running backs and uh, this feels like a similar case uh, for Antonio Johnson. Uh, they've got Andre Sisko, Rayshon Jenkins. Yes, he could be an heir to one of their thrones. Um, I think Sisko's still got a couple more years left, but um, Jenkins might be out the door after this year. So, um, But is it worth spending much energy on him? Uh, probably not. And... You know, the Jaguars are kind of stacked at the first two levels, I would say, of the defense uh, between their linebackers and their defensive line in front. Um, So you might not see a whole lot of just opportunity. Um, I also think he projects more as being like a free safety, which we don't usually love. Um, Not as much opportunity to rack up tackles. Um, Yeah, it might have a year with interceptions, lucky one year, but you can't really count on that. Uh, year after year so yeah just kind of feels like just a guy and not someone worth uh you know he he like i said he did have hype coming out of college so you might see the name um you might see the depth chart but uh yeah just someone that i'm not really uh, investing pretty much anything into
1: (laughs) yeah he needs a lot of things to go right to be idp (laughs) relevant Uh, and by that a lot of things have to be wrong Uh, for the rest of the people on that roster. So, yeah, if you're in a league where you're drafting folks like Antonio Johnson, let us know about it because that sounds like a a fun (laughs) league. But uh, I think he can be relatively ignored in most of the formats that the more casual players will be in.
0: Yeah, perfect. All right, we're moving on to our edge. We're kind of mixing this between edge defenders, defensive ends. Uh, So your first one that is a favorite is... Yeah, good old Drew
1: Sanders. So here's the thing. Uh very talented player out of Arkansas, right? Uh we I loved uh him going into the draft. He's one of those players where you're sort of wondering where he's going to where he's gonna land. And I there a lot of the initial feedback right off the bat uh was negative about uh Drew Sanders landing on the Broncos. I mean right. you think about who else is on that roster, like Alex Singleton uh regularly getting up to 20 tackles a game yeah. uh yeah I know uh Josie Jewell yeah. right is also there uh, another decent another decent linebacker uh, situation you know Jonas Griffith uh Randy Gregory folks like that uh but here's the thing like Drew Sanders doesn't that was never what made him successful in his last year uh, after he transferred to Arkansas right mm-hmm. like where he was successful was in I, I think I said this in a previous podcast, being similar to a Micah Parsons type thing where kind of right. all over the field, like being asked to, to get after the quarterback while also being able to stay back and get some tackles, get his nose dirty there. So enough people are fading through Sanders where it kind of now is in my brain flipped right. around the other side where it's like, oh, he's actually being drafted probably too low because yeah, he's a, he's value. a talent he's a talented fella. There's a lot of good value there. I think he's going to see the field uh, quite a bit in what in whatever role. Uh, he's going to see the field enough that he's not a complete waste in his rookie year uh, if mm-hmm. you're in those cheaper formats. Uh, I don't think that both Singleton and Jewel and Browning will all be on the team next year. So if you're looking mm-hmm. for that more traditional uh, role for, for Sanders, uh, I think he will be able to fill that at, as soon as next year. Uh, but okay. this is a guy that I think they're going to pepper in there Uh, he's going to get after the quarterback, uh, and then next year, like he might have the more full-time role, uh, to be a regular starter. Whereas, you know, he's my favorite as someone that you can get, uh, that hopefully you can hold on to him in dynasty, uh, so that he'll be on your team for years to come. But worst (laughs) case, he, he's not going to be someone that you have to, it's not just gonna be a straight lottery pick. I think you're going to see some potential returns right off the bat.
0: Yeah, I think people um, – we we list him as an edge, right? Because we're – I don't think anybody's sure what his role is going to be on this defense. We especially have no in idea. Year one. Yeah, especially in year one. So um, we have him as an edge because there was talk of him um, you know, playing more of a dedicated uh, pass rusher roles, like similar to a Randy Gregory, right, who stands up. Um, he, he, last year on, last year on NFL, M- Randy Gregory got reclassified to the linebacker. Um, this year he's back to defensive end. So we're really just going to have to pay attention to him, let's, uh, preseason on him for sure, uh, to see where they're deploying him and, um, what packages and, and is he uh, driving back in coverage as more of like an inside linebacker type, uh, playing the run or is he, you know, head down going after the, uh, the quarterback, so um, for now, we have him listed as an edge. I do think he could. So, um, our guy, uh, our contributor, uh, DJ Caltown, um, did a, a deep dive into third round, um, or later, I think just third round, actually, linebackers. Uh, and, and the hit rates are not not very, great, yeah. not great. <laughs> They don't lead you to want to draft many uh, third round linebackers, but does that count edge guys now, or are we talking more um, inside guys? So he might, you know, kind of have a loophole there. So yeah, Drew Sanders people, I think at the end of the year, we're going to get in our discord, a lot of subscriber people asking us, do I hang on to Drew Sanders? Uh, Because maybe he, doesn't do a whole lot in year one. If if somehow uh, Josie Jewel stays healthy a whole year, which you know he's had trouble with, um, if Alex Singleton you know plays well and continues to see close to 100 percent of snaps in that sort of second linebacker role, uh, does Randy Gregory stay healthy? Does Baron Browning put together uh, his skill set? If that all happens, I think we might not see a lot of Drew Sanders in year one, but. That's a lot of best case scenarios to have happened. So I think he's going to be a nice stash guy and uh, end of your bench stash guy um, and really just pay attention to injuries on that team. And uh, why, you know, if those snap counts start ticking up, might be time to, to start inserting him into sort of like a flex position. Um, as far as rookie fantasy draft capital, I think um, in IDP only, it would be end of the second middle of the third in mixed leagues he's definitely like around five or later guy i think right now uh, which like you said is really good value actually because i think we you know we could see a logan wilson type trajectory where um a little bit slow to start but now he's a you know definitely top 24 dicey guy creeps into the top 12 of a lot of people's rankings and and finishes. So uh, we could see that sort of trajectory after year one and just see him explode uh, because uh, DJ's uh, study is only in, in year one third round linebackers where they Mm -hmm. don't do well. That doesn't mean that post year one, they don't, you know, take a rocket ship to the moon. So Sanders definitely has that in his toolkit, uh, to to build himself a rocket ship here for the for the
1: future. yeah I, I I yeah I think that mid second round draft capital is about right which again mm-hmm. some people are fading him that it is falling like following all the way falling all the way down to the third round for this guy mm-hmm. which I think the talent is there and there is a role already on this defense that I think he can help fit uh, mm-hmm. fit in right off the bat so it's definitely not a redraft pick right this is definitely a dynasty pick and, and, and yeah. stash and, and hope for the best. Uh, I would be silly to say that's not the case. Uh, but, uh, like, who else are you getting in those tactics that you're feeling better about? You know right. what I mean? Like, like yeah. there, there's going to be question marks at all those places. Uh, you look at the college production, at least in the last year, uh, after you transferred to Arkansas, and the things that he can do on this defense. Uh, and it's a good defense. Like, the this coaching staff knows how to get the most out of those players, right? right. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, Singleton and Jewel are not the best players, but my goodness, right. do they know how to – be in the right place at the right time uh yeah. so all these reasons is like yeah I, I will take my
0: flyer uh on you know drew sanders yeah exactly that tool like i said his toolkit is is incredible so um now our we're doing um since edge ha- kind of has so many guys uh, and these like tweener linebacker slash edge guys uh, we're gonna do two of each um for favorites and faves for each of us now this guy is a favor for both of us. So we we this is gonna be all glowing here. So we, we kind of butted heads on Jalen Carter earlier. Now we're we're saying kumbaya over Will McDonald for the New York Jets. Another first round draft pick. So you had the, the uh the list first so I'll let you start on what you like about him but we both love this guy. <laughs> oh well thank
1: you. Uh, yeah I I see sort of this Jets defense being the Eagles defense of last year, right? Where like they were about to break yes. through uh and and have just a just a really good year. Uh especially I I I, I hate but I also love because I keep doing it, you know, talking about offense for these IDP players. But I yeah. expect the Jets to put up more points this year. They invested a right. lot right in their offensive talent. They got Rogers who uh even at whatever age he is 38 39 is going to be a big old step up from Zach Wilson yeah right? so teams are going to be in passing situations against mm-hmm. this chess team which sort of was like the Eagles last year which mm-hmm. which makes the defensive line be able to play more aggressive uh in passing situations which will be a lot more frequent uh yeah. and just be able to eat so it's a question of figuring out you know who's going to eat so to speak yeah uh obviously Quinn and Williams had a great year last year uh Mm -hmm. we expect Jermaine Johnson to have a step up right don't forget about him Mm -hmm. uh second year player there uh but Will McDonald has the has the pedigree has the draft capital to see this field and even in a rotation the nice thing about splash plays is it doesn't you don't have to have a lot of snaps uh to 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 get them so like especially in if you're talking redrafting best ball uh definitely a best ball target again yeah. not gonna cost you a whole lot to get him really um uh, mm-hmm. but he's gonna have the opportunity to do it uh redraft uh it'll be a nice filler in I don't see him as a regular starter right off the bat but right. uh, but again talking about rookies especially on the defensive line wherever they mm-hmm. are if they can be productive right off the bat like that's already something that's a big positive right and then mm-hmm. dynasty the the sky's the limit for this guy yeah. so uh I i'm fairly high on him as are you yeah uh, uh so yeah love to hear what you have
0: to add about that so yeah he was the uh 15th overall pick um i did see a report uh, sort of like a, a draft draft night conversation between um him and i basically he was handpicked by robert saleh um he, he told him that we're gonna get you uh, into our defensive format, get you. So playing at Iowa State, he he's undersized as a hand in the dirt defensive end, but that's how they deployed him all the time. And he still came away with a lot of really great production, really great um, scoring uh, for places like PFF. So now we're, we're, we're not setting him uh, on the line as a defensive end, but more of this like high, another hybrid guy, linebacker, edge rusher. And, and Sally obviously thinks that he fits well in his system. So he also recently got that dual designation on sleeper. He was originally only a defensive lineman. And I just noticed, as of uh, last week, I believe he got that linebacker designation. So I think that, sweet,
1: sweet yeah, dual designation. We
0: love dual designation here uh, on the IDP Plus podcast. <laughs> um, I I just think he's he's going to be awesome. Um, like I said, I really liked him coming out of Iowa State as even just a defensive end yes he was undersized and now we're fixing that so my big uh my big bet for this year is that i think quincy williams is in a lot of trouble um i think will mcdonald's gonna take a lot of his playing time um you know he's he he's not a great football player quincy williams um doesn't have a lot of good grades and took him quite some time Bounced around the league a little bit, was in Jacksonville for a bit. I think came to the Jets, might have even got released at one point, came back. Yeah, he had a really nice year last year, but these guys turned back into pumpkins all the time. And I just think McDonald is set up, like I said, I mean, handpicked by the head coach. Uh, I mean, we talked about a, a rocket ship for Drew Sanders. I think we've got a uh, space oh, yeah. station for Will well oh, yeah. ready to go so i'm huge on him i believe 100%. he's my number overall yeah he's my number three um idp rookie in my rankings behind will anderson and jack campbell so i'm just absolutely in love with the guy and i think uh Yeah, I think he's going to be really great for for IDP and real football. I think people are going to know his name. That's the other thing. A lot of people don't know who this is. He's still sliding. I mean, he's going after guys like Jalen Carter in rookie drafts, which to me is just absolutely crazy. So this is another guy who doesn't have the big name value um, coming out of college, but you can take advantage of that. Another reason why he's a favorite for me. 100% okay we're gonna go to uh matt's fades and at the edge in defensive line positions tell us why you hate tyree wilson so much
1: oh i hate him just individually you know (laughs) like horrible as a person right uh i uh, no i don't really trust what the raiders are doing Uh, i don't really know what the raiders are doing and not to foreshadow some of the other fades that we have i think even (laughs) in this position uh there there's some level of there are teams you trust in certain positions uh to find talent uh Mm -hmm. to nurture talent and to put people in a uh place to succeed uh versus other teams that you don't uh like you talk about the ravens uh pretty much anyone on their defense uh turns into gold at some point Mm -hmm. like they they know how to cultivate that talent they know how to get the most out of them uh the Raiders have not been that team granted Max yeah. Crosby has been uh, an absolute stud uh, yeah. they still have Chandler Jones there uh who had it very disappointing last season but was very fantasy relevant as uh, recent as you know two years ago right. you know uh so I just don't I don't trust the coaching staff to be able to get the most out of him and he's being drafted pretty high uh, as well as there's just a bunch of people ahead of him that I don't really see them turning to Wilson anytime soon. Uh, I don't know how much longer that coaching staff is going to be there as well. So we talk yeah. about – I mean, you talk about Sala yeah. having McDonald as being one of his guys. Uh, for all we know, there's going to be a completely different coaching staff soon. Uh, and then Tyre Wilson is just not that coaching staff guy. So there, there's enough red flags there for – Uh, when you're talking about the well defensive end or edges uh that were drafted fairly high for me Mm -hmm. to let someone else
0: deal with it yep and tyree wilson's a guy who does have the big name out of college um so people playing idp probably know his name over a guy let's say like Will mcdonald so and yeah super high pick seventh overall pick um it just it just feels like another raiders bust right i mean how many times do they need to show us that they can't <laughs> figure these picks out? Um, and, and that could be to coaching uh, scheme, who knows, but um, Crosby feels like has succeeded despite the Raiders. Um, you know, yeah, there's there's gems on every team um, that are kind of unexpected. So yeah, it just feels like um, another Raiders bust and I'm totally in step with you on on being exactly at his cost. Um, a big 12, guy you know not exactly greatest competition so um totally totally agree uh another guy on the defensive line uh, we have d um d miles murphy from the cincinnati bengals so um why is he a fade for you uh
1: so the bengals uh have actually proven that they can develop people uh, pretty decently um it, for me for me the fade is just opportunity uh versus cost right so they still have trey hendrickson they still have sam Hubbard. both very confident professional uh at this point probably staples mm-hmm. in in your idp leagues um i just don't see a path like the Bengals, they, they literally we talked about them earlier they literally did this with dax hill where it's like yeah, yeah you're yeah. just gonna redshirt him and you don't even know right. when he's gonna be on the field uh and be and be worthwhile, and they and they put some money into, uh, not some money, and they put some draft capital into other people at that position as early as last year as well, like with Joseph Asai. Like, there's just a lot of people there. Like, he might be, uh, like the Sam Hubbard to Joseph Asai in a few years, right? Where it's like, oh, they're the new the new faces of that defensive line. Uh, but I I don't see the path, I don't see the path quick enough. Uh, nor uh the upside high enough to warrant me going after someone like Murphy
0: yeah uh right there with you a Clemson guy uh could we see Cleland Farrell 2.0 um you know although it didn't go to the Raiders but you know ACC defensive lineman eh um not sure that there's something to write home about. Um, I also I'm pretty sure I saw a tweet during like the combine stuff where um his hand size was like super small. Now for defensive ends, not the hand that, size. Yeah. <laughs> I know he's not a quarterback, but um it just feels like yeah, that I I don't know, it feels like something important for for a guy coming off the edge to to you know possess. So I mean not like a complete individual soul reason to fade him but like little stuff like that adding up uh like you said the path to snaps is a little tricky uh we saw carl Lawson there for years uh being like he's gonna pop he's gonna pop he's gonna pop never popped he's still having trouble uh popping on the jets um, although i do kind of like him this yeah, year me too, me uh, too. He's, a, he's like a late guy you can get for free so it just feels like um another, another kind of similar guy like is he is he really going to be is he ever going to reach a double digit sack season uh ever and i think that's a really fair and good question and totally a reason um i'm actually right with you there uh on board fading him um everybody is becomes a value at a certain price so he's still even in deeper leagues i would he should still be drafted um i just don't want to reach for him um Probably fourth, fifth round in IDP only and seven, eight, nine in a mixed league. So, um, yeah, yeah, totally in step with you there. Um, so that would bring me to my first fave, which, again, would have been Will McDonald. We kind of shared our thoughts. Just going to hammer that home. Know that name. Take that player. You're going to want him on your IDP teams. So my other favorite at the edge position um, is Thule Tuipulotu from the Los Angeles chargers. He has second round draft capital out of USC. We, I mean, do we not love us some Islanders from USC in the defensive community? I mean, Sorry. how can you, how can you fade a guy like that? Hufanga, uh, Troy Palamalu, the list goes on and on. Junior sale, the list is just, just never ending. So I think we've got another guy that's going to be um, on that list sooner than later. Now, another guy who in year one might have a little trouble seeing the field barring, uh, health can health conditions of the guys in front of them. So we've got Joey Bosa. We've got Khalil Mack on the edges right now there. Um, but both, you know, no spring chickens and we saw them have their injury concerns. Um, last year and, and multiple years. So that's sort of why he's a favorite for me because nobody's drafting him. He's second. I don't think anybody realizes he's second round draft capital. Um, I think he fits their, their, their system really well there. Um, And yeah, he just feels like a guy who could definitely break out. And then for the future, I do think he's got a clear path to being uh, a big name uh, for IDP in years two and beyond after the likes of Bosa and Mac are you know on their way to <laughs> to the Rainbow Bridge of IDP and uh NFL contracts so um yeah just a guy that kind of a my guy this year for me so yeah I don't hate it I,
1: I always love the person that is on the opposite side of one of the most dominant you know players at their position right mm-hmm. so obviously Bosa's been hurt and he has this Bosa uh, has been hurt uh, and hasn't <laughs> yeah. been the the Joey Bosa that we've uh, we're hoping we'd see, right? <laughs> right? But but I when opposing offensive lines have to take into account a player. There's opportunities galore to be more relevant necessarily. Your talent would allow you to be like I think mm-hmm. on that Steelers defense last year with uh, T.J. Watt. Right, granted he missed a, a good amount of the season, but when he played, Alex Highsmith. if you weren't paying attention came out of nowhere It's like oh my god he had a three sack game like how the hell did that happen uh it's because the offensive line had to take into account freaking the wrecking ball was tj watt uh from the other side uh you were able to get some pressure so Mm -hmm. uh in this situation bosa can be that good so it's one of those situations where you're not it kind of works in both ways if you if you want to be glass half full Mm -hmm. right uh either bosa is healthy and then a player like uh to insert his last name here uh <laughs> can, can yeah can can outplay like Clumex you know kind of old older yeah. didn't really perform very well last year or people like a like a Morgan Cox or or any of yeah. the players I like, can outplay them get on the field and then have those opportunities to uh to sort of vacuum up uh those sacks that would otherwise be Joey Bosa's right or Joey Bosa gets hurt which has happened in the past. And all of a sudden you have those opportunities again. Now, granted mm-hmm. opportunities don't guarantee success, but for rookies, you want people that are going to be on the field. So uh, exactly. I, I would assume, I don't know off the top of my head where he's being drafted, but my assumption is you can get him for, for not a whole lot. And there's a real exactly. opportunity to, to get some really nice value right off the bat. So yeah, I like this paper.
0: He's a he's a big under the radar guy, and that's why I wanted to highlight him um, for sure. Because yeah i i think he uh, I think he really, you know, if things bounce well for him, could be a year one producer. But man, wheels up for for year two and beyond for sure. To the moon. Um, <laughs> I got a lot of to the moon guys, <laughs> but we're gonna swap now to one of my feeds. I am fading uh, the defensive end from the Green Bay Packers, Lucas Van Ness. Uh, the reason being, I think, um, so again, back to my film guys who, who I really respect. Uh, he's, according to them, he's sort of a one-trick pony with uh, with pretty much a bull rush move, and that's it. So I don't love that. Um, I like a, a more complete toolkit. Um, and also, it's a little bit crowded on that defensive line right now. Uh, Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, you got the guys on the inside, Kenny Clark, Devontae Wyatt. Um, so I just, I think playing time could be scarce this year, uh, of course, barring injuries to people in front of him. And I just don't. Eh, I just, just kind of a gut feeling on this one. Uh, you know, like I said, with that limited toolkit, you know, maybe they coach him up, but that could take a while. Um, sometimes we don't see these uh, edge guys hit until year three, uh, even. And, and so are you really going to have the patience to hang on to him for two years? So um, that's kind of why I just don't love investing in a guy like that who I might be waiting and waiting and waiting, and it might never come. So, um, yeah, not not in love with, uh, with Van Ness and Green Bay, despite being a first-round draft pick.
1: Yeah, I think this is a player that is going to be a better real-life NFL player for the Packers than an IDP asset, which is great for them, not great for us trying to trying to win some leagues. <laughs> Like when they drafted him, like you sort of mentioned it, it wasn't necessarily a spot of, of need. Right. Right. Which, which, which is interesting when it comes to projecting stats, right. It's like, okay, you didn't actually do that. So you're not going to necessarily see the field, uh, Granted, the the people in front of them aren't spring chickens, and there's plenty of Mm -hmm. of health risks there. But unlike the Quay Walker pick of last year when they drafted, like oh that was a position of need next to Devondre Campbell, you're going to see the field. He ended up being, I think, a top twenty linebacker in most formats. Uh, This is one of those where it's like oh this was just a uh, helps bulk up your defensive line, helps replace the the absence of what Zedarius Smith is that right yes yeah he Uh, he was gone
0: at last he was gone two years ago but
1: but one of those one of those things where like you will eventually find a role on this defense uh yeah I kind of think of him potentially on the Jalen Phillips train where there's might build up some hype next year uh Mm -hmm. but really doesn't have a whole lot going for him uh I don't really think in this year. Uh, okay. there's not a whole lot about the Packers. I love from a fantasy perspective, quite honestly, there's a lot of question marks all across the board, yep. uh, coming from a guy that's living in Wisconsin. So I can hear it from the fans. I watch it happening. Uh, so I, I, again, I do think Vanessa is going to be a productive NFL player. I just, to your point, don't know if there's anything that we can really trust right off the bat, uh, that makes you feel confident unless he falls a certain amount, uh, confident in him as a fantasy football uh, asset
0: yeah the packers i know it's it's tough to try to make uh, predictions from the other side of the ball but i think it's relevant to to uh, to talk about it i mean the packers are getting stomped every game and jordan love sucks they're not teams aren't going to be throwing that much so you know even if he is on the field he's not going to have many opportunities to rack up idp points and sacks because people are going to be running the ball for two quarters uh after they they've already scored on them which you weren't getting to the quarterback that either because they scored on you so like i you know it just feels like that especially in year one and then yeah like i said just not a love.
1: 100 percent, 100 you see the teams that are in the division too which make up you yeah. know half of their games. like we expect the lions to be at best a balanced offense but i still think it's going to run through golf uh the bears i don't know field isn't getting tackled by the defensive lineman like he's, he's exactly. getting to the second level uh and then you know the vikings now without Dalvin cook like we want obviously alexander madison to be really good but like earnestly that's yeah. kurt cousins and Justin jefferson and kj osborne and uh who do they just get uh jordan addison like that's a that's a passing first team right so there there's a lot of a lot of limiting factors to not loving Vanessa.
0: Exactly. All right. I'll go with my other fade at the edge slash defensive line. And it is, this is sort of a mini fade. Um, I, I don't, I'm not a hundred percent out on BJ Ojalary for the Arizona Cardinals, but um, you know, they're similar to the Raiders, right? He, he We were talking about this prior to the show, how he kind of makes the list because the Arizona Cardinals just kind of stink at, uh, Drafting and deploying their defensive picks that they seem to invest <laughs> quite a bit in um, I, both Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons have been kind of uh, bus up until this point. Now, maybe the former Eagles coordinator Jonathan Gannon now head coach can fix uh, all of th- all of them and then and, and get Ojalari to produce but I, it's just tough to buy in a hundred percent. So uh, if Ojulari is falling uh, to me, you know, fourth, fifth round um, of of a mixed league, or or maybe the end of the third, early fourth of an IDP only, I I might be back in on. But it just feels you we just don't know what his role is going to be either, right? Um, yes, he's second round draft capital, but uh, I I just uh, he's a little undersized as well. Um, his brother plays more. Hand in the dirt, whereas ogilari stand up. Uh, critiques coming out of the draft were his run defense. So if he's weak there, he's you know he's probably not going to be a high tackle floor guy. So you're going to be it's going to be sack or nothing with him. And do you want to deploy those kind of guys in non best ball leagues? Probably not. So that's kind of why I'm out on ogilari Yeah,
1: this Cardinals team is going to be terrible. Like, they're going to be <laughs> really bad. And lest you forget, they don't even have Kyler Murray at quarterback. Uh-huh right it so shouldn't that shouldn't be for the
0: whole year but right so know, there
1: that back. that will lead yeah that will lead to a lot of defensive snaps right, right. Like coach Larry even sees the field but if he, if he can't run defend like mm-hmm. their people are just gonna be running on them all all across the way like i don't See. know like they're the one strength the, the cardinals have on defense is their uh defensive backfield i would say of all things Like they have a a, a decent defensive backfield mm-hmm. not good enough to cover up for the other deficiencies on that defense so people are just going to run up and down the field on them and if ojelari can't even get the tackles uh that mm-hmm. are going to be presented to him he's
0: not he's not worth it yeah absolutely um i mean it's very similar to green bay right if they are getting trounced uh all the time then it's going to be running he probably isn't going to be in there if he is he you know, didn't grade out very well on his run defense, so he's going to be out there missing tackles. Also, you know, we've heard Zayvon Collins taking uh, snaps with the edge players, so mm-hmm. if, if he's transitioning there, I don't think is going to swap and, and play more inside linebacker. Um, so, yeah, he might be a complete year one thud uh, altogether, um, and then you're betting on... You know them figuring out with him uh in the future which yeah I get it's the Arizona Cardinals. yeah they,
1: they some- still don't know what they're <laughs> doing with Isaiah Simmons right like he's now yeah. a defensive back like yeah. I don't I don't trust that team let someone else deal with it
0: it's a new coaching regime but it's still sometimes these franchises are just snake bit there's no there's no numbers that back it up there's no analytics to back it up but it's just a snake bitten franchise that you don't want to trust in and and they've proven us right year in and year out so yeah um, <laughs> all right we're finally to the most fun position right uh that people are probably dying and chopping at to bit to hear about yeah. our fades and our faves at the pure linebacker position so your uh linebacker as a fave is
1: oh the marvian over shown there with the dallas cowboys uh, there is a real opportunity here on this Dallas Cowboys defense uh, to rack up, especially tackles, uh, at this linebacker position, which uh, we've talked in previous episodes about different scoring formats and you know what people prefer, but uh, the default usually uh, emphasizes tackles, and mm-hmm. the the Cowboys defense has proven to be a uh, IDP relevant. Uh, two linebacker sort of system like their defensive line is extremely good uh their defensive backs are good enough such that when teams run against them uh trying to limit the amount of times that the cowboys can't have the ball on offense especially early on in games uh mm-hmm. that these linebackers just rack up tackles uh just pulling up some stats really quick here uh leighton van Esch, last year in the games that he played ended up racking up 90 90 combined tackles. He's not even that good. Right. And he, he was able to get he's able to get those stats. I'm looking at who else is on the depth chart. Uh, Damone Clark, uh, Jabril Cox, which everyone still wants him to be a thing, but like stop trying to make Jabril happen. Like it's not gonna right. happen at this point. Uh, versus this young guy that you can get as probably the linebacker five in this rookie draft, if we're being honest. Yeah. Uh maybe even six. Uh who has the ability to just kind of step in again, it doesn't matter if he's good or not. Uh, this Cowboys defense, uh, is, is a good defense, uh, and they can put up IDP stats. So I, I like the, the correlation of ADP slash potential spot for him on the team. If not just this year, but in the future, I think he projects to be one of those, one of those stalwart LB two LB three guys, uh, mm-hmm. on, on teams for years to come.
0: Yeah. Um we know that it's kind of crowded there with a bunch of like uh Jags at linebacker. It's um, just Le- middling, it's middling <laughs> folk, right? Yeah. Lane Vanderush, despite being a first rounder years ago, um, kind of hasn't really lived up to that. So he enters Jag territory. Damon Clark, a lot of people like, but uh he he got a little bit of a chance last year, didn't do a ton with it. Uh Jero Cox fighting back from injuries, so he, you know, Overshone's prime to potentially take over, uh, whether it be this year, Definitely next year. I think it's it's wheels up big time um, as the LB won there. Um, LVE will likely be gone. He re-signed on just a one-year deal. They did not take his fifth-year option, and they got him back cheap on a one-year. So uh, he's likely gone after this. So. And he's a
1: Texas guy, and you know how much he right. likes to promote the, the Texas. The story game. is there.
0: He, he loves
1: it. And earnestly on that defense, like you just need someone that can be there to make plays. And I think Overshown proven that he can uh and you know i again the, the cost to get them is not what's going to cost you getting like even uh, like a drew sanders like would you rather have drew sanders at his adp or, or overshone at his i know they're both faves for me but like yeah. i don't know like overshone like he could be that little diamond in the rough for you
0: yeah, that's like pick your favorite kid right that's tough um <laughs> but yeah overshone for sure is the lesser name um I, people aren't totally i think up on on him yet uh i'm sure that could probably change after camp and whatnot he's probably going to get a lot of hype there so um but yeah he, he's definitely the guy you want um out of any of the cowboys linebackers um in dynasty again uh year one i believe he was a third rounder yep. so 90. One, maybe, yeah, maybe temper your your expectations a little bit but mm-hmm. um you know if injuries occur then you know, he could step right in. So um, we think he's a good football player and the story is there. So it's I like just it. the, it's just the tears
1: again. Like he's, he's yeah. going off the boards, like the fifth or sixth guy, which, right. it, you know, is sort of the end of the, it's probably tier two of the linebackers, but right. uh, I'd rather spend money on him at that tier uh, than overspend on someone uh, who could equally not be anything. Anyway, so,
0: yeah. Totally. All right. Now this fade is going to shock a lot of people. I'm going to let Ooh. you announce. It. <laughs> oh, that's that's one
1: Jack Campbell from the Detroit Lions. <laughs> Holy Riffy. smokes, Matt! Justifying himself here. I don't want any of them. Uh, it's really all cost. It, it's really all cost than anything. Uh, people have been just blowing so much smoke uh, about Jack Campbell since that landing spot in the Lions and and my maybe it's my New England self like we don't know we don't know what he's going to be on that defense yeah. right like we are it's all projection that he is going to all of a sudden just assume a hundred percent of the defensive snaps and right and he's going to be fantasy relevant we don't know if that's going to be the case uh, I like what Dan Campbell's building there on that defense um it might not be the smartest idea to just thrusts a rookie uh, into a 100 percent of the defensive snaps right granted we know what uh campbell did i believe it was iowa right mm-hmm. uh just tackle monster like he does the All one right. thing and that's what he does yes. uh and there's definitely a opportunity with the lions uh to have that kind of player but it takes time to get up in the nfl like rookies don't just immediately start uh nor are super productive so yeah. do i think that Campbell will end up being one of the top 3 to 5, you know, IDP players from this class probably. The thing is the the amount that people are hyping him up at this point is he, he's going like we were talking about it last week, uh upwards of like the first IDP player going off the board in some of these drafts which i think at a position such as linebacker there are better value picks mm-hmm. like i'd rather i'd rather even some of these fades we've had at defensive end edge like i'd rather take a risk on that player and end up with an overshone or uh i mean i guess dorian williams also has a bunch of upside uh there on the bills mm-hmm. but like give me someone in that you know linebacker four to five range uh with you know the the darts at the defensive end position because it's so much harder to get the defensive end position right uh than linebackers which you can typically find on the waiver wire uh then paying the upfront cost for a jack campbell which is extremely high maybe it'll be worth it uh again i will let someone else do that and i will let someone else fall to me uh in in my drafts uh so I'm just I'm just not ending up with a lot of Jack Campbell maybe I'm just a hater All
0: right, what do you think <laughs> yeah um it's tough to completely fade because but okay we did hear uh his his father had coached Dan Campbell uh not really that's just a funny joke um <laughs> and it's spelled differently I believe Dan is is no B he's just straight P uh but we've heard the coach speak that he has to jack is going to have to earn his spot on the field um you know so does that mean anzalone's playing you know the majority of snaps early on in the season could very well i mean dan campbell's kind of a crazy guy so we and we know that coaches do stupid things right yeah it's enough of a deterrent
1: where at the very least in a redraft format like that yeah you will end up being a linebacker like 25 to 40, right? For just not playing the first few weeks, right? Like that's yeah. all it takes. Like those weeks are important for your fantasy league. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Let someone else let someone else deal with it.
0: Right. Right. So um yeah, yeah. Like I i know we've talked about we kind of had the battle, the head-to-head battle of Will Anderson versus Jack Campbell. Um, definitely go check that out. That was that was fun back and forth. Um and I, I I took Jack Campbell ahead of um, Azay Flowers in a in a mixed league. It was a larger league, so um, you know are most people going to want to pay that price? Absolutely not. So that's sort of the fade that I, th- I think we're talking about here. Um, oh yeah, that,
1: he, he he's definitely still top three or four. You know IDP right. asset from the rookie year. Like it, it's truly just. Uh, personal preference and how i like to build my All rosters so exactly. don't cancel me over this one yeah that,
0: that was the only reason i made that move it was more roster construction where i had knees and things like that um it was pick 15 so it's really uh the 203 pick uh, which is kind of in line with with where he should go anyway so um yeah it, it just depends um we always preach especially in startups right like don't be the first guy to take an idp um and don't necessarily get caught in a run. This would kind of ring true with Camel um, on, on a rookie draft. Like, just be—I know, like, you don't always want to be the the first person to to take the IDP. So um, it's not to say we don't like him. Um, I think just as you were explaining, uh, overall value and cost is is a little bit high for for our liking here. Right. So. All right. Now, I made two on-the-fly changes with my favorites and at linebacker. Okay, so, okay. Yeah, kind of, guys, as I was looking over the rankings, I'm like, I think we got to touch on these guys um, over, over the original two. Um, so I have a favorite uh, as a linebacker for the Baltimore Ravens, Trent Simpson. Um, now, he's another third-round guy, so year one, let's set our expectations. And we already know that he's probably not going to play much at all in year one which is why he's a favorite for me because I think you can get him at really good value right now. He is essentially the heir to the Patrick queen throne playing right next to Roquan Smith. We know that that role can be very lucrative. Um, And Trent Simpson is, is a great player. Uh, Another, another Georgia guy. Correct. Am I, I'm not wrong about that. All right. Yeah. Oh, Clemson. Sorry. Clemson. Yeah. Trent Simpson. Um, But you know, playing high competition, uh you know the Ravens just hit home runs with their with their, especially on the defensive side of the ball what yeah they they, they strike out a wide receiver all the time but man they they know defense so um yeah he he's just a guy that's going to smash in year two and beyond playing next to Roquan Smith uh just need to I originally had Diane Henley in there for the the Chargers sure. who I also still really like um but again, both third round guys, so year one probably not going to do a whole lot. Uh, but they are both very attractive options uh, to take over as starters um, at, in, in year two and beyond. So yes, Trent Simpson guy. Don't be discouraged by year one results. Absolutely hold him. Get him as trade throw if you can. He's gonna he's gonna be a really great uh, IDP asset for for the future for sure.
1: Yeah, I think you said it all. Uh, don't don't pay attention to the first year stats. Uh, it's a bad comparison, but my mind goes to a jam in Davis over there on the commanders. Nice. Okay. You know, D- Davis was a, a first rounder, right? Right. But didn't really do much. People were like, oh, he's terrible. Like, fade, fade him. Um, you know, last year had a decent enough campaign yeah. for what he's been yes. drafted as, which was sort of an LB three, quitting four, combined tackles, three sacks. I think that's, I think that is the floor for what I expect for Simpson to get in his second year assuming, which I think the writing's on the wall there with Queen on the Ravens, uh, that Simpson, yeah, that's the heir apparent, like that's the guy that's going to be next to Roquan Smith. And that has always paid dividends uh, back when Smith was on the Bears, as well as, you know, last year with Queen getting a big old bump uh, as well. Mm-hmm. So I, I really do like this, this fave. Uh, fave. Uh, <laughs> and like you said, the, you can probably get him as linebacker four, or linebacker five, uh, yeah. depending on you know what site people are paying attention to uh right. but that that is the the perfect level of commitment for someone like this
0: yeah absolutely all right and my fade that i made a pivot to uh originally I had um no stool from the from the chicago bears but he's only a fifth rounder and we're not really expecting much and basically the reasoning was it's too crowded i have pivoted to be fading linebacker Dorian Williams from the Buffalo Bills. Every a lot of people think he's hot in the Twitter streets. A lot of people think he's going to take over the Tremaine Edmonds role, but I think it's a lot muddier than uh, than people realize. There, um, Tyrell Dodson was the direct replacement for Tremaine Edmonds when he missed time last year. So he's a he's more of a veteran he's younger as well um not younger than dorian but younger in general i think he's like 24 25 years old so they could easily give him the shot he played pretty well in one or two games that he had to he was the direct replacement they also have a fellow third round pick from last year terrell bernard um now he more was the matt or is the matt milano backup um in that system so but maybe they transition him. Uh, I think it's going to be a wide open competition. And that's why I just don't like, and I think people are reaching for him again, because he's the new shiny toy, but he's a third rounder. Terrell Bernard from last year was a third rounder. And Tyrell Dodson was the guy who got the opportunity last year and did pretty darn well with it. So I'm just not nearly as big of a, a fan of Dorian Williams. Also a, um, he was right towards the end of the third round and coming out of Tulane as a third rounder. Now we saw, like you mentioned, Jamie Davis earlier and Isaiah yes. Collins, who both kind of came from smaller schools in the, but were first rounder and have been humongous disappointments. Now we're talking about a third rounder from a very small school and people are just in love with him. So I don't really get it. And he is um, he is my linebacker fade for this year.
1: Yeah, they both also went out and got Leonard Floyd too uh, right. from the Rams, who former ninth overall pick back in twenty sixteen. Yeah. Granted, that was a while ago, but <laughs> I think to your point, which again maybe it's the hater aid I like to sip, but people are so hot in the streets for still hot in the streets for Dorian Williams. It's like he hasn't done anything yet, uh, and there's a lot of competition. People are just like, "Oh, he's going to obviously outplay all these people." yeah as Mm we've mentioned third round picks aren't guaranteed a dang thing right especially when it's cloudy at best Mm -hmm. um on this defense for first snaps so I'm seeing him go as high up now as LB3 Mm uh in some of these in some of these leagues I would much rather fall back for a Trenton Simpson like let him fall back to me at LB4 LB5 than invest what you need to invest uh to get Jordan Williams right now so yeah. It's one of those things where we talked about uh, Drew Sanders having so much hate that he becomes a value. I think mm-hmm. right now, Dorian Williams, uh, at a point, if you were paying attention, there was a time where he was a great value, uh, where he was being drafted in terms of mm-hmm. potential opportunity. Uh, but as of right now, I think it's gone the other way. I think people are so hot on him. You can't help but uh, not pay that price and and let someone else someone else deal with it. And you'll have someone else fall to you that I think
0: is going to be a better value absolutely um yeah there's been no indication he's not named the starter i think people are making very very wild assumptions um that he's going to walk into the starter role and uh just plain don't agree with that so um so that's where we'll end things today matt you are so much better at uh plugging and informing the people of what we've got going on here at idp guys so could you could you tell them a little bit about what's on the horizon, what we've oh, got I going would love on, to. and uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry to put you on the spot there, but you're just a rock star with that, so I, I'd rather have you um, get the information to the people in the in the way that you
1: do. Oh, so. absolutely, uh, happy to. So here, at P guys, we have just a, a plethora of content that help you win your leagues. Uh, we obviously have our lovely YouTube channel, which you might be watching us. Uh, on that right now, if you're not head over there, subscribe to us, uh, follow everything we put out there. Uh, obviously we have this IDP plus podcast, we're putting out great stuff, but, uh, as we get closer to the season, we're gonna have some more regularly scheduled content about start sit articles, you know, uh, r- important rankings, things to know, and things such as that. So follow us on YouTube. Obviously we have the IDP guys site as well, idpguys.org, uh, where we have all the articles to help you out from Dynasty to to redraft to best ball to sports gambling really anything that you could be doing in the fantasy or gambling space we are going to be covering uh for you uh so get in there now uh we our redraft rankings are still in the works they're still incubating uh but they are going to be coming out soon uh as we sort of get towards the redraft section of of the fantasy calendar which is exciting yeah. uh, it's, it's what it's uh as of recording this uh, middle of June, so we're only a month and a half away from, you know, some preseason games yeah. starting up, which is pretty exciting and pretty crazy uh, to think about. Uh, so yeah, so follow us on all the socials: uh, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, uh, TikTok, yeah. literally anything you can think of. Uh, we are very open. If you have any questions about things specifically for your league uh, or or anything starting things up or yeah, dynasty to redraft, we're here to help you win your league. So reach out. We love to field questions. Uh, if you have anything specific, you might be featured on one of these IDP plus, uh, podcasts or any one of our other videos, uh, sort of moving forward. So Excellent. yeah, be on, be on the lookout for some of these specific IDP, uh, fun leagues that we run. Uh, we yeah. have some fun things cooking, uh, in terms of some, uh, I think we're gonna have some best ball leagues. We're gonna have some, some redraft leagues. We get to compete against some of the IDP guys, uh, uh roster so some of the professional uh fantasy football players out there uh yeah. now we have a lot of fun stuff going on uh you yeah. don't miss out
0: yeah stay tuned um uh, my favorite thing that i like to plug is our discord uh you hop in there when when you sign up for for a membership and uh you get access to all all these great minds uh we just we love to help people manage their dynasty rosters, uh, make trades, make rookie picks. So uh, that's one of my favorite things to help people out with. So, uh, yeah, appreciate everyone listening. Um, w- they can find I'm over uh, on Twitter at IC Santa. I pretty much live there. You'll see uh, lots of thoughts, be football and beyond. <laughs> uh, and, and I love to answer people's questions. So anyone looking for help with anything can hit me there. If you feel like becoming a member, you'll have much quicker and direct access to myself and our host of experts uh, over at the IDP guys. Um, so Matt, where they where can they find you?
1: Yeah, at MRecord21 over there on Twitter. Uh, yeah, let's, let's win some, let's win some fantasy leagues. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Thank you everyone for listening and we'll catch you next week. Yes, sir.